Welcome to the D-Shift Podcast, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you transition from the challenges of divorce to discover the freedom and ability to live life on your own terms. Are you ready? Let's get this shift started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the D-Shift Podcast. I am thrilled to have a fellow Albertan on the show today, Leslie Evans. She is a best-selling author of the book, Defunk Yourself, which I think is a fantastic title for a book. She is Leslie is a registered psychiatric nurse therapist, a certified soul care practitioner, and Reiki master. So she's got a whole bunch of different hats she's wearing. So Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Marty. Well, and we are going to jump right in because I know there's a lot of stuff you and I want to cover today. So tell us a little bit about um, how you got into this field, uh, what your passion is, and I know you've been kind of a career transition. So that's an interesting one, too. Tell us a little bit about that, too, if you wouldn't yes. mind. Of course. Well, you know, Marty, my story starts with that checklist, the checklist of everything that we think we want when we're growing up. And, you know, you just have this list of how you want your life to look. And so I went to college, I graduated psychiatric nursing, check, got a job in public health, check, married my college sweetheart, check, got a house. We have three beautiful girls. And, uh, you know, I just check, 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 check off that checklist. But as I check those things off my checklist, I started to lose myself in that process. I started to lose who I was because I was so busy taking care of everything and everyone that I had on my checklist. I was also primary support to my mother at the time, and I still am. And so I just began to lose myself and, you know, just kind of felt like I really, honestly, I didn't really count much because I was so busy taking care of everybody else. Kids needed to be here, you know, marriage needed me, mom needed me, all of those things. Work needed me too. That needed me too, right? And I can remember having this conversation with my daughter, who was 16 at the time, and uh, she is now 27, so quite a while ago. She's my eldest, and we were having this conversation about a boy, boy troubles, which usually happens at that age. And she was really, um, you know, starting to lose herself, to do things she wouldn't normally do, to, she kind of stopped singing, stopped dancing to try, you know, to be with a boy. And, you know, and as, uh, as we were talking and I gave her the great motherly advice, you know, you should always keep up doing the things you love. If they care about you, they will encourage you to do those things, not take you away from those things. And as I had that conversation, you know, we left and, you know, she did what she needed to do and, and got back to who she was. I started to think about what am I teaching my girls? What am I modeling to my girls that they feel like they need to sacrifice themselves for the people they love? Gotcha. But yeah, so I took a really hard look at myself. And you know what? I want I want my girls to be everything they can be, who they are, what doing what they love, not sacrificing themselves for everyone else. So I took a hard look and I made a lot of changes. 
Uh, my husband and I of 21 years decided what we were doing wasn't healthy for either of us, never mind our kids. So left a 21 year marriage and moved out on, on my own with my kids and my mom and started a new life. And you think that's where all the changes would, you know, would have started. And it did. But I'll, I'll tell you this one defining moment. And it's interesting that this is a defining moment for me. But I was so busy making sure everybody was okay. Yeah. Uh, after we separated, you know, making sure everybody was okay at work, um, working as a psychiatric nurse. We had a lot of, you know, stuff we were doing um, and dealing with. And I went home at lunch and I can't tell you what it was, but it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. I drove back to work and I remember just taking a deep breath. I had three and a quarter hours left to do. Took a deep breath and walked out of my expedition and uh, walked into work and did my work. And, and you know, I was there. And then at the end of the day, I went to look for my keys. Couldn't find them. They weren't in my coat. They weren't in my purse. They weren't anywhere. So I thought, oh, well, <laughs> hope my hope my vehicle is still there when I get out, right? Right, right. And as I walked out slowly, not only was it still there, I had left it running the entire time. I was sitting in there working for three and a half hours. I had wow. left it running. Yeah. And so I got into my vehicle and I can remember turning turning the ignition off and just, you can just picture this person just taking this deep breath and leaning on the on the steering wheel and thinking, I, I'm as empty as my gas tank is now. I just run myself to empty. Yeah. You know, and and it was at that point that I knew I needed to make changes. You know, often we just go around and we take care of everybody else and we don't take care of ourselves. Yeah. And eventually it catches up. That is such you know, thank you for sharing that. That's that's such a profound story. And I think just that whole image of you realizing that you're emotionally drained like your gas tank, that is that's really something. And especially because I happen to have worked in a psychiatric facility. And so I'm aware of the kind of work that psychiatric nurses do. I mean, you are giving, giving, giving all day. That's all you're doing. So so you had this epiphany for lack of a, I guess that, that would be the right word to use, right? That that this change you had already made the made the the separation. You were already out of the relationship. So how did you how did you reinvent yourself or what were your next steps? Well, for me, the first step was just acknowledging how empty I was, that I couldn't take care of everybody and everything and, and be and be the one to everybody. I needed to start taking care of myself, too. Um, and so acknowledging that was my first really important step. And then starting to build the awareness of, you know, uh, of when my emotions were starting to to get to go. Um, and I, I decided I really want to find out who I am because outside of my kids and being now an ex-wife and a psychiatric nurse, I didn't really know who I was because sure. uh, I'd been fulfilling all these roles. And so I really, really set aside that that was my goal just to get to know what I liked and what I didn't like, what was of interest to me, what I was passionate about. And so, you know, in doing that, Again, it's those small steps and just trying things. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, making new friends. And so I did that. And and along my travels, I really found um I connected with some people that were more about the alternative world or the woo world, some people might call it. Um, just about connecting with spirit or the universe or God, whatever way you want to explain it. And uh, it was in that that I started to just find some comfort and really build that awareness of how important I really am and how important it is to take care of myself. Uh, Because when we give to others from a space of responsibility and guilt, or, you know, this is what I should be doing, the old should. Yeah. Um, it's it's received differently um, by the people that we're giving to. Um, and, and it's received in a way that almost feels like you need to give back. It's not kind of fully freely given. And it builds up that resentment in sure. yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, And so what I found out in this process is you really need to take care of yourself. You really need to find out who you are and and fill that. Because when you can give from a place of love and fulfillment, it's received differently. And you don't empty yourself. You actually fill yourself up when you give from that spot. Um, And so, yeah, so I went about really learning how to fill myself up and what makes me what makes me smile and joy and all of that. Uh, yeah. And, you know, sometimes it does take kind of a, a shake up in our lives to help us recognize that that doesn't mean your life prior was bad or, or unfulfilling. It was just maybe not, not fulfilling in the way you needed it to be. It was a busy, you were busy, busy, busy. I know with me, um, you know, busy, busy, busy all the time and didn't really have a chance to think, what do I want to do? Because there was all those other obligations pulling you a hundred different directions. So this is going to bring us to a topic. um, And I'm glad you mentioned the woo word because, (laughs) you know, I was one of the, I got to tell you, I was like a real kind of hard ass about this. I was not, I was not a woo person. Um, As a matter of fact, I think I thought woo people were a little off. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden, like I started realizing that, Woo isn't woo isn't believing in, you know, strange things or it's just really connecting with the world around you. And it's what, you know, whether you call it prayer or meditation or conversing with the universe or going out and hanging out with the trees, like it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's that sense of connecting with the world around us. So can you can you talk a little bit about that and self-care? Because I think that's where women as a whole tend to, I think men, men can too, but I think women as a whole tend to fall down on that self-care um, thing a lot, especially, what do they call that? The sandwich generation now where you're caring for your parents and caring for your children and you're kind of stuck in the middle. So talk a little bit about that if you wouldn't mind, Leslie. Yeah, I, you know, I agree 100%. We've all kind of learned that, um, not all of us, but many of us have learned that really, um, and I learned it from my mom and she learned it from her mom, that we are to be of service and to be of service, that means we sacrifice ourselves and that we, you know, our needs aren't as important as everyone else's, right? And, um, and, and the thing with that is, is that we, 
we can't really be of good service to them. I know I talked about a little bit before when we give from that energy, it's actually received differently and people feel it differently. Um, but it's really important to connect with who you are. And, and just like you said, connecting with who you are is also connecting with the world because we tend to kind of stay in this isolated little spot, right. thinking that we're kind of the only ones going through this or, you know, we nobody kind of goes through it the same way. Um, and, and when we stay in our own little worlds, it's easy to just kind of keep that focus on and just kind of keep going and going until your body will finally say, you know what, you've had enough. I'm shutting you down. Yeah. And it, right. And it becomes a physical health or a mental health uh, issue. Um, and, you know, the universe has a funny way of saying, okay, you've had enough. It's time for you to slow down. It's time for you to start now connecting with yourself and the world around you. And I love the way you put that. It's whatever way you connect that feels good to you. It's whatever your truth is, you know? So for me, it is about, you know, spending that quiet time, just breathing and meditating and then listening to the answers that come up um, and really doing things that I enjoy. I love laughing. And so I find things that make me laugh. Uh, right. And um, and for those of you that love nature, going out and just really even physically touching the tree or gardening or all of those things that also you are giving, but it's giving back to you. Right. Um, all of those things are ways to connect with the universe. But what we've really, uh, I think, really done in society as we've gone forward is if we've we've lost the present moment. Um, you know, it used to be when I was and I grew up in a very small village north of Edmonton, and we would get into the car to drive to the big city. And <laughs> it was just us in that car. We maybe had a book or a deck of cards, but it was just what we had in front of us. Right. right? And so we had pockets of presence or mindfulness built into our day. But as these gadgets and every technology has come along to save us time, I believe it's actually taking our time. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're so busy planning for the next moment or the next thing or the, you know, we're texting to find out what somebody else is doing. We're never really present in this moment. And um, and how can we ever, you know, the present moment is the only moment that we have that we can truly feel, we can make decisions, we can, you know, it. the present moment is it. But we're right. so busy planning every other moment we don't stay within this moment. And I heard something or read something, and I wish I remembered where it was because I would love to be able to give credit for it. But in the moment right now where we are, we are in a perfect space. There's nothing. We've got everything we need for this moment. As we, If we live it second by second, we have everything we need. We only get into that space of, oh, I need a new car. I need my roof fixed. I need That's, that's all... That's not existing right now. That's stuff that we're worried about for the future, right? Or we're worried about the past. I need to go back into this relationship. I need to have a partner. I shoulda, woulda, coulda. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff is past and present, past and future. The present is perfect the way it is. And I just think when I thought of it, like it's kind of one of those things that at first I go like, yeah, right, whatever. And then when you really start to think about it, 
you are, you're in a perfect space in the moment. So, and the other thing I was going to say is it's really interesting now, I find how corporations, big ones, big banks, big uh, law firms, big um, tech industry people are hiring Reiki masters, um, woo people, intuitives to come in and teach their staff how to be mindful, present, and how to tap into what your body is telling you you need to do, which is exactly what you were just talking about. Because when we push it beyond that, that's when we have the the health issues. So exactly it. It's exactly it. I think we really underestimate the power of the moment. And, you know, what I found, especially as a, as a mom with three kids, a working mom, it was, you know, I would be at work and I'd get those texts from the kids and I'd be kind of divided at work. And and you really aren't that productive at work when you're, you know, answering questions or that kind of thing or texts or answering emails or whatever, you're really not effective or productive at work when you're right. divided. Right. Um, but, you know, and then I would go home and then I would be with my kids and I'd feel guilty because I didn't get all my work done because I was busy trying to take care of things at home. And so instead of being focused and present at home, I was thinking about the things that I'd left at work. Yeah. And so you're not really present in either. You're not really actually effective. Like, can you imagine if I just said, okay, you can only, you know, this can only happen if it's an emergency or phone, turn my phone off um, at work and got my work done. And then I could leave work and then I could go home. And when I was with my kids, I could just be with them yeah. and not worry about work. Can you imagine the difference that makes in your relationship with your kids or your loved ones, your partner, if you have one, or, you know, if you're starting to meet new people, just being fully present, it makes an incredible difference. Yeah to your relationships and to your productivity and effectiveness in work or business. Yeah. And you know, that's, and this is a little off topic, but I work from home as I think, you know, obviously you don't because you had to see your clients and do other things. But um, you know, when I, I've worked from home for years and years and years and way before the pandemic. And one of the things I have learned is my office space when I end the day, now I'm not always ending the day during a normal work hour. Quite often my days are quite extended, but it doesn't matter. I close that door and that's like a physical barrier. And then I'm not coming back in this office until the next morning. So um, being able to do something like that, some kind of distinction, I'm guessing, is part of of putting your getting your mind into that sense of, okay, now I'm left work. I'm going to leave that stuff and and focus on my family. Um, Do you have any, do you have like one tip or strategy? I'm putting you on the spot here. One tip or strategy that you could give to people if they're, if they're playing with this thing about how to be present. Um, So I heard you say maybe turning off electronic devices and just, just experiencing the moment, not, that FOMO stuff coming like, oh my gosh, who's posted on social media? What's going on? Um, Yeah. You know what? I got to go off track again. That drives me crazy in restaurants. You'll see a whole family sitting there eating dinner and they're all on devices. You know? So tell me, tell me what's one strategy other than the turning off the electronics. What's something that you could recommend? 
I'm going to tell you, Marty, just be just to uh, just to make a comment on what you just said. We have a we have a rule at our house I, um, that when we're having dinner, your phones aren't even on the table. They're they're away because dinner is time, and it's made a, quite a difference to our dinner times and our connection. So important piece. Um, so here's what I'm going to tell you, Marty. This isn't something that I think people are so overwhelmed already with their to do lists. And there's one thing that I don't want to do is add to your already overwhelming to-do list by saying, okay, you need to take quiet time. It's important. And, and eventually I'd like you to add that to your list. But what I, what I would like people to start with is adding presence or mindfulness into things they're already doing. Okay, so I'll give you an example of that because our heads are always going, okay, I got this to do, I got that to do, I got this, you know, I got 10 things to do on my to-do list. Right from the moment you get up in the morning, you're thinking about that to-do list. As you're walking to go get your coffee, right? It's always going and going, going. So one of the ways that I like to, to give somebody is we walk or we move from one room to the other every day. So I walk from my bedroom to the kitchen. I walk from the living room to the bathroom. I walk from my car to an appointment. So I walk from my office to a meeting. We we have, and I call them transition steps. Yep, great. Okay. So there, you're transitioning from one spot to the other. We do this every day and we do it mindlessly, usually going about our to-do list. So one of the things that I like to tell everybody is just start there for that five or 10 seconds that it takes you to walk from the bedroom to the kitchen is really focus on what your body is doing. The miracle of your body to move you from one space to the next, what your muscles are doing, how your body is balancing you, maybe the breeze, just all of those things, really focusing on your walking for just that five or 10 seconds. Love that. Right. And then every time, and you know what, when you first start it, Marty, your, your brain is going to go, Hey, hold on. This is when we usually think about our to-do list. What are you doing? I can tell you, you've already thought about it enough. You know what you're doing. You can right. take five seconds for a break. <laughs> so it's acknowledging that thought. So saying, thank you for letting me know that right now I want to focus on my walking and almost like a conveyor belt. You can let it go through your brain and drop off, focus back on your walking. And it'll take a little bit to train your brain. We don't know this, but we can train our brain to think the way we want it to. Right. Which is awesome. It'll take a little bit, but eventually your brain will learn. When I'm walking in between one thing to another, this is my time that I want to focus on my walking rather than my endless to-do list. I love that. I love that walking one. And I'm, I'm going to toss one in on top of that, if it's yeah. okay with you. Um I worked with a dietitian who talked about mindful eating. And so what she said, and this was, this was for people for portion control, but I think this is perfectly applicable for this. The first bite of food you take, just close your eyes and just experience the flavors, the textures, the feel of the food in your mouth, the temperature, the spiciness or the coolness. Use all your senses to experience that one bite of food. So what does that take you? Two or three seconds, maybe three or four or five seconds. So I, I like the idea of the walking fill. I mean, that's even because you can do that multiple times a day. So there's, I think that that, that gives people a really good idea. Um, 
And I know we're just about out of time, but this is so interesting. What about, do you ever do any work around gratitude? Is that part of your self-care plan or how do you, how do you work with gratitude? You know, gratitude is, um, I've, I've worked a lot with the John Kabat-Zinn mindfulness. He's a great uh, mindfulness. And one of the attitudes of mindfulness is gratitude. And so I believe 100% that gratitude uh, is really part of being in this moment and expressing gratitude for having this moment makes an incredible difference. So yes, I, 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 you know what, we don't always get it right now. Say, this is one thing I'll say, it's a practice. It's not a perfect, right? Right. (laughs) Right. So it is looking at in gratitude at this moment and also looking in gratitude. And sometimes this is easier after at, at lessons we've learned along the way. Sure. It's not always easy to look at them with in gratitude when we're in the midst of it. And that's okay. But to be able to look back and, and understand the lessons that you learn and that, you know, the importance that every moment is in your journey. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it it has a way of all tying itself back into a really nice boat if you just if you just are open to that understanding exactly. and experience. I mean, I wouldn't be who I am today without the experiences that shaped me along the way. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And I wouldn't be able to help the people that have similar experiences or or things that are similar. I wouldn't be able to help them if I hadn't had that personal experience along with the training and the, you know, the work experience that I've had. Yeah. Let's see, we have covered a lot of stuff in a short period of time. And I love your tips and strategies. Thank you for sharing those because that makes this a little bit, you know, makes it a a, kind of like a a goal setting program where we can, you know, everybody, I know I'm going to try that, that walking. I'm going to really focus on that. Um, And, you know, just really take that five or 10 seconds. So is there one thing that you want people to kind of take away from this conversation that you want them to remember when they, when they think of it, they think, Hmm, this is going to really benefit me. What, what do you think would be helpful? I think that there's a couple of things um, that I want to say. And one of them is, is it doesn't matter how long you've gone down one path, you know, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you were going down the path you really wanted and you veered off, you can always change it. You can always change your direction. Um, And that the important way to change that is taking small steps. Don't expect to change it all overnight. And and really, we're all learning. We're all making mistakes. We're all stumbling a little bit in life as we go through it. So give yourself grace. Wonderful. I I, I love that. Give yourself grace. That, That is something we all need to practice, I think. Leslie, mm-hmm. people want to get a hold of you, um, connect with you, learn more about what you do and how you help people. What's the best? Uh, what's the best way for them to do that? So you can go to my website, which is uh, riseofthephoenix.org. And um, so there's a couple of ways I do offer a little 20 minute um, consultation. Uh, which is free of charge. So you can, it says book a call and you can book a call on there with me if you just want to chat and see if it's a fit or if what I do uh, helps you out or if you just want a little bit of a consultation on what to do next. I'm happy to do that. So that's on my website. Um, And also email, uh, the email address and everything is on there as well. And that will all be recorded in the show notes uh, so people can, can access that. 
Leslie, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic conversation. Really wonderful to hear from you today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening and supporting the D-Shift podcast. If you would like to attend live trainings by our amazing guests and have a chance to ask questions and get answers from our experts, join the D-Shift crew. For more details and to sign up, head on over to www.divorcecoachforwomen and click on the podcast page.